0: St. Augustine of Canterbury is not as well known as the famous St. Augustine of Hippo, who wrote the Confessions and the City of God, along with a bunch of other works. But he is a great saint in his own right. And uh, in fact, he's known as the apostle to the English. But this almost didn't happen because of a bout with fear and anxiety and doubt. In 595, Augustine was the abbot of a monastery in Rome, and the pope at the time, St. Gregory the Great, came to him and asked him to lead a missionary effort to lead 40 missionary monks to England. England at the time was sort of half-converted. There were parts of it that were Catholic, but the Anglo-Saxon tribes had never converted. They were still pagan. So Augustine agrees, but not long after leaving Rome, fear and anxiety begin to overcome these missionaries. They were daunted by the task before them. I mean, on the one hand, the journey, just the physical journey was going to be hard. I mean, this is the sixth century, uh, so it's not like you just hop on a plane and fly from Rome to, to England. I mean, this would have been a long, hard journey just to the just to northern France, and then crossing the English Channel would have been very difficult indeed. And then on top of that, these Anglo-Saxon tribes, they were notorious for being very ferocious, who knew what fate awaited them. So the monks, they insist on sending Augustine back to Rome to try and get papal permission to essentially quit the mission. Once back in Rome, Augustine goes to Gregory, Gregory listens to him patiently, but he refuses that permission. He assures Augustine and encourages him to fulfill this mission, and then he sends him back with these letters urging the missionaries to, to persevere. If anxiety and fear and doubt almost sidetrack this mission, the encouraging words of the Holy Father restored the peace of Christ to These missionaries, they continued on their journey, which was not easy, but eventually this effort was so successful, he's known as the apostle to the English, as I said. You know, to one degree or another, we've all experienced anxiety, fear, worry. But Augustine's story illustrates that the uh, antidote is a peace that this world cannot give but a peace that our Lord offers us. And this message is echoed as well in our gospel today. When the risen Christ appears to his apostles, the first words out of his mouth are, Peace be with you. And this is not simply a a greeting. He's not simply saying hello. He comes, uh, he the Prince of Peace, comes to give us peace. But the apostles at first are startled and terrified. So Jesus encourages them with these words. He asks them, why are you troubled? And why do questions arise in your hearts? And then he shows them his hands and his feet. Meaning he shows them the wounds from the cross on uh, on his glorified body. There's an intimate connection between the wounds of Christ and the peace that he offers us. You see, it's when we look upon his wounds that we see precisely how tremendously God loves us. That God loves each and every one of us so much that he sent his only begotten Son to the cross so that we might not perish. His wounds show us how tremendous his mercy is, that once He has forgiven our sins. We are truly forgiven. No sin is stronger than his mercy. No number of sins is beyond his power to forgive. His wounds show us that though he once was dead, he now lives forever. That Christ is truly risen. In other words, that he's won this radical victory over sin and death and the devil, this Tremendous victory over evil. And what's, what's maybe most profound, when they look at his wounds on his now glorified body, they would have begun to put together that what happened on Good Friday, and seemed like this horrible disaster, this worst possible scenario, that it wasn't some chaotic violent event but it unfolded according to the providence of God, right? The wounds of Christ show us that nothing escapes the will of God. I think what I'm getting at is maybe the apostles would have begun to realize the truth that St. Paul would later write in his letter to the Romans, that all things work, work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purposes, God's providence governs all things, and so we don't need to be afraid even of suffering, even of the worst moments in our life. God can and will work for good for those who love him. Now, uh, that's the peace of Christ right there. Uh, It shows us his tremendous love for us, forgiveness of sins, that he's risen and conquered evil and sin and death and the devil— and that his providence governs all things. So we don't need to be afraid. But, look, I'm sure Augustine knew and believed all those things, Augustine of Canterbury. I know and believe those things, but I'll be the first one to admit that it's easy for me to lose my inner peace. It's easy for me to give in to frustration, to give into anxious thoughts, or allow the stress of the day to steal the peace of Christ from my heart. So what are we to do? Well, when Augustine was overwhelmed by anxiety, he went to the Holy Father. It's not something that's open to the vast majority of us. But we do have someone infinitely greater and infinitely more accessible than the Holy Father. The risen Christ himself, who is really, truly, and substantially present in the Eucharist. Body, blood, soul, and divinity— under the appearance of bread and wine. When we are blessed to receive our Lord in Holy Communion, the risen Christ comes into the inner room of our soul to bring the peace that he alone can give, the peace that alone can can silence and and, and quell our, our troubled hearts. And when we receive our Lord in Holy Communion, we ought to treasure those moments, those moments after receiving him. That's when we want to bring to him all that bothers us and, and we're anxious about and we're afraid of, all that's stressing us out and frustrating us. We want to cast our cares upon him and allow his peace to overcome our troubles. But of course, when we're... Maybe overcome by anxiety, maybe, maybe it's not an opportune time to go to Holy Communion. you know it, It's, it's uh, not something we can do at any hour of the day. And that's where I would say is blessed Mother, our blessed mother comes in. The Blessed Virgin Mary is the queen of peace, And when we pray the Rosary, we ought to bring to her all that troubles us and cares. That we have we have to entrust them into her maternal uh, her maternal hands she can obtain the peace of christ for us better than anyone and you know without sounding too dramatic i'll say there have been times in my life when i felt almost overwhelmed by fears or doubts by you know worry or frustration And in several of these moments, something as simple as devoutly and uh, very intentionally praying the rosary has brought a real peace and calm, a tranquility. Didn't take away the problem. Didn't take away the hardship. But I knew I didn't have to be afraid. I didn't need to be afraid. So... As we prepare to receive our Lord in Holy Communion, let us accept the gift of peace that the risen Jesus offers us. Let us allow our hearts to be filled with this peace, the peace of knowing that God has a tremendous love for us, that his mercy uh, endures forever and is stronger than our sins, that he's risen and conquered evil, and that he watches over us with his loving providence. Let us receive the peace of Christ, the peace the world cannot give, but the peace that alone can calm our troubled hearts.